Welcome to Everything Is Up, a podcast about the real-life stories of people who have created extraordinary levels of success. These are conversations with people who are constantly striving to take things to the next level. And now, here's your host. I'm your host, Tamara Hollerick, and my guest today is Dr. Adam Wright, the president of DBU, Dallas Baptist University. Welcome, Dr. Wright. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I know you're super busy, so um, I am super grateful that you took some precious time out today to spend it with us in the audience. Um, Tell us a little bit. I know a little bit about you. I know you're married to Candace, and she's absolutely delightful. Um, Let's start there. How did you meet Candace? Oh, my goodness. Uh, The the much, much better half of me. (laughs) Uh, Believe it or not, we met on the first day of our uh, school here at DBU, we're both uh, DBU graduates. And um, it was the first day of school, first class, 8 a.m. Old Testament with Dr. Charles Taylor. And um, I remember getting to class just a little early so I could, um, uh, you know, get extra brownie points with the prof. And and I, I was sitting there and I remember it like it was yesterday. Candace Reynolds walks in and I swear she had a halo over her head and wings on her back. And I thought, I'm going to I'm going to get to know that girl. Right? <laughs> so we we spent that uh, whole first semester at DBU really getting to know each other. And uh, that eventually led to dating and eventually led to where we are today. And that was, my goodness, 20 years ago uh, now. So. Well, congratulations. That's that is, you know, in this day and age, um, I personally have tried to surround myself with those people that have been married forever um, because, you know, marriage is as with any relationship, as you know, um, they take work. And so that's very um, that's just profound that you, you guys are there. You, you have two young daughters, too. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. Abigail uh, is 12. And Kate is nine, and they are the apples in our eye, and we just love them, and they make life interesting. I tell folks, this job, it doesn't seem like it's for young people. I don't think it's for old people either, because I don't want to do this when I'm old. It's just too much. Uh, But we're really enjoying the season of just being everywhere and trying to be present when when we're there. Well, and you're very busy too. So I know Candace is kind of running all over the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex with the girls and you're trying to get where you need to be at the same time and still be present. And that's, you know, that is a, that is a key, I think, in, in our society. Uh, people, they are there, but they're not present. Absolutely. When they're there. And so to have parents, that actually show up because I see that so often too, where parents just aren't there. Um, But to be present when you're there, that's that, you know, those girls are going to grow up with just, you know, knowing that you are loved, which was one of my other questions that I had for you is growing up. um, Did you grow up here in the DFW area? I did. I grew up in Oak Cliff. I'm an Oak Cliff boy. So now I'm from DBU and uh, my uh, mother still works at Methodist Health System there in Oak Cliff, uh, 43 years now uh, in the system. And my father was a minister of music at a local church. And 
Uh, we actually moved to the far north Dallas area. Schools had just gotten so bad in the Oak Cliff area. But um, I, I literally grew up living a tale of two cities because all of our life was in Oak Cliff. But then all of a sudden we're thrust to uh, far north Dallas and in a school system that was very different than what I had uh, grown up in. And I think it gave me a great appreciation for this fact that, uh, you know, we're we're all aliens in this world as as believers you know we're all different and we're called to um you know for us as believers heaven one day and it, it serving in this role at, at dbu it gave me a, an appreciation for uh, having open hands open hearts and, and reaching out to a variety of different folks and so dbu is a very diverse campus with Lots of different ethnicities represented, 50 different countries from around the world. Um, and, and those formative years growing up in the inner city allowed me an opportunity to uh, really be in a community that uh, didn't necessarily talk like we do, speaking a different language, look exactly like we do, um, you know, different ethnicities. And so it gave me a great appreciation for the beautiful tapestry in the city that, that we live in here in Dallas. Yeah, we do have a very diverse city and that has kind of, I've seen you in your role and I've had the pleasure of being on campus um, at several different events and noticed that diversity. And so that has kind of been the big word in business, right? Um, It's been kind of the big word now. Um, just within in communities is having that more diverse culture and embracing that diverse culture um, rather than, you know, potentially, you know, fighting against it. So um, I did happen to notice, right, that you very beautifully um, are able to move with that diversity. So I wondered what your background was. And so I'm not surprised, right? I grew up as a military brat. So I have that opportunity um, kind of in different countries. And you do have a different appreciation for being able to appreciate the different cultures that you're in and the different societies you learn a lot. I feel like as a military brat, um, that I am well, more well-rounded than I think that I would have been if I had just been planted and then that would have been it. So I see some of that in you as well. So I kind of just had to wonder. So I was like, this is going to be one of my questions. So how did you grow up? Like parents are still here with you. Um, you, both your mom and dad are still here. Yes, absolutely. Nice. I'm alive and well, and uh, there are huge influences in my life, and uh, and really, it was coming to DBU with that um, that that early childhood experience and uh, living this tale of two cities, um, and then coming to DBU and developing this love and appreciation for. Um, you know, how global our, our, you know, how, how big and yet how small our world is and getting to participate in travel studies, never would have imagined getting to teach uh, internationally um, and then really encourage students and cultivating this kind of global perspective um, here, here at DB. It's been a, just a pure joy and, and true blessing for me. So you've had you've held several different positions um, before you became president here at DBU. Um, what was your fa- what's been your favorite? 
You know, every position uh, at DBU uh, for me uh, was wonderful. I mean, believe it or not, I found great contentment and joy uh, in every position from uh, cleaning toilets and planting trees and mowing the lawns on, on campus to teaching classes to raising money uh, for the university. Obviously, uh, in the presidency, uh, I feel like I get to do a bit of everything. And so, you know, it, there have been times, you know, I, I see a problem, we we tackle it. Doesn't matter what the title is. If if there's a problem, we we get in the trenches. And if we have to get our hands and feet dirty, then so be it. But I, I genuinely do, do love this role um, of any of the roles that I have because it's so different every day. Um, the variety is just unbelievable. I was talking to a group of college presidents recently, and I said, you know, what what in what role do we get to serve in where Every day you get multiple mountaintop experiences, but then you get drugged down right into the valley uh, in, in a moment's notice. I mean, literally every day there's mountaintop experiences and there's walking through the valley. There's incredible disappointments, but there's also incredible victories all to be celebrated in the span of a day. And uh, it takes a lot of energy and, and emotional energy to go from from those two mountaintop to valley experience, uh, but it's been incredibly gratifying and rewarding um, these about seven years that I've, that I've been into it at this point. So what I hear you saying is that you are the biggest problem solver that this, the university has. <laughs> Not quite. I, I know some great problem solvers that are on the team and, and certainly can identify a lot of problems. And uh, that's what's great about working with a team. Um, you know, there's a Latin phrase, primus inter pares, first among equals. And that's really what I see myself here at, at DVU is I, I've just got this incredible blessing to serve as the CEO, as the president of this institution, but work with an incredible team uh, where, where, where we're playing unique roles and we get to work together to, to accomplish some really big issues and problems of the day that are that are important to our, to our campus community, but also to the community at large. You've said this word a couple of times since we've been on here, and that is the privilege to serve. Um, when you pull up to the campus, um, that word, serve, right, is at the entrance. Talk to me about that philosophy, um, not only with the faculty and the the staff at the university, but the students. Yeah. Well, I have a I have a great debt to uh, um, owe to my predecessor, Dr. Gary Cook, who was uh, president here for 28 years, and it was in 1990, 91 or so that um, he really saw an opportunity to to shape the mission of DBU around this idea of what it means to be uh, Christ-centered servant leaders to produce servant leaders. And so that's that's been at the heart of we what we've done for the last three decades plus at DBU is this mission of produce what what does it look like to produce servant leaders? It was Albert Schweitzer who is a Nobel Prize uh, winner. Um, I, I'd encourage your listeners to go Google. He's Google him. He's quite a fascinating uh, fellow. Uh, but he said, "I don't know what your destiny is, but one thing 
I do know, is those among you who will be truly happy or those who have sought and found how to serve. Uh, it's not only a biblical imperative, uh, but just how we're wired as humanity, we get great fulfillment and satisfaction in finding ways to serve and meet the needs of other people. And that's very core to what we do at DBU. We want our students uh, to not only know that, to hear it, to see it, but to live it out as well. Yeah. It's, and it, within every student, I've had a couple of opportunities to mentor a couple of um, students there from DBU. And that becomes a fundamental part of the conversation. And it was interesting to me because I didn't start the conversation. They did. So I was very impressed with how that runs through the core, not just it isn't just being spoken. It's being lived out. These students, they understand that role and what it means to them. And they are they are really actively figuring out at, at a very young age, right? Some of these young people are, young folks are, you know, 18 when they hit college. And so they, they don't even know who they are. And so what a wonderful... Um, just way of starting to help them transform into the adult and what their mission's going to be. So I was, you've said it a couple of times and I was like, I, I just have to bring it up because it, I've seen it everywhere. You've said it now several times. And so, you know, I appreciate you giving that to us. So what other wonderful things are going on at DBU right now that we can share with the, you know, with the community? Oh my goodness, where where do we begin? And I just want to say, you know, thank you for being so detail oriented and observant. I mean, you you are a gifted servant leader as well, Tamara, and I've seen that in your life and the way that you care for our students at DBU is inspirational. I mean, your influence is amazing already as it as it is, thank but you. that extends to DBU, and, and I'm grateful. Um, you know, at DBU, so we're a nationally ranked comprehensive liberal arts university. I tell folks that uh, the distinctive at DBU is that we're unapologetically Christian. And, and that's how we're different from other colleges and universities that are out there in the world today. Uh, we have a unique uh, position as a university being in a global metropolitan city here in the heart of Dallas. We're eight miles south of, of downtown Dallas. Uh, and, and being a, a uh, comprehensive campus, we're offering bachelor's, master's, doctoral programs. And so I, I literally can't step from one foot uh, of campus to the other without seeing something inspirational happening, whether it's uh, research initiatives that are taking place in the classroom and, and the work that our faculty and our students are, are producing, the academic contributions that they're making, or whether it's in the fine arts. Um, you know, so many of our graduates are out there now with their own galleries, uh, accomplished artists in their own right. Um, they're in the theater, they're singing, they're performing. Then I, you know, take a stroll out on the athletic fields and, and see that, you know, our students are really uh, performing, excelling incredibly well as champions for Christ, both on and off the field of competition. We play TCU tonight, by the way. Uh, I was going to say, I heard. <laughs> 
so we're we're looking to fill up Horner Ballpark and and uh, beat up on some horn frogs tonight. <laughs> now you do know I'm in Fort Worth, so you know I gotta love both teams. <laughs> I, I had to make the comment there, and and by the way, love uh, shout out to Victor Boschini, the chancellor at TCU. There, he's a dear friend. Um, but but what an opportunity uh, in athletics and academics and everywhere in between to be able to make an impact uh, for the kingdom of God. And even in the marketplace, so our students, 90% of our students are going to go on and uh, become the next lawyers, doctors, educators. They're, they're pursuing secular vocational context. I think the the impression sometimes is, is that students are going to go into a, uh, a Christian ministry focus. Uh, at DBU, the idea is to help students know how to integrate their faith in every aspect of life. So they're doing ministry. It may not happen in a local church, uh, but they're doing ministry in the marketplace uh, in really every corner, every sector um, of vocational context. And that's inspirational to me. Right. Well, we're hoping that the next servant leader out of DBU is president of the United States. So we're just hoping that that becomes so Shout out to these students like, hey, guys, anybody wants to take on that role? We're we're all behind you. <laughs> I, I really think that one of the greatest uh, hungers of our day is a, is a craving for Christian leadership. And um, in, a, in a world that's so polarized uh, politically, oh. um, socially, culturally, uh, I really think one of these missing distinctives is having winsome uh, young people out there that know how to have good constructive dialogue uh, in a way that seeks to love their neighbor. Um, and uh, I think at times, uh, you know, the, the the general public has has come to a, uh, a sense that, you know, anything that ekes or, or has a scent of religion equals bad or is destructive for the world or society. And, and what we want and hopefully raise up in our students are are, are young people that um, are being the hands and feet of Jesus and sharing in a loving, not a condemnatory way and not a way that's necessarily condoning uh, sinful actions or behavior, but just loving your neighbor um, as yourself. That's a biblical mandate that I think we've we've kind of lost the art of in society today. Didn't they call that the golden rule when we were growing up? They did. I was like, you know, whatever happened to that golden rule that we grew up with? You know, we do need some Christian centered leadership um, that is unapologetic, that it is it is it's who we are. Like, you know, our money still says in God we trust. Right. The Pledge of Allegiance still says in God, right? So one nation under God, like, so there's all of these things that I feel politically, right? There's, they're pulling. And when you get so far off a of center, we start doing this, right? Like the balance is tipping. And the reason I think we are seeing so much unhappiness and so much polarization, as you called it, is because we aren't centered anymore. That pivot's got to be in the center for balance. And I think we've missed that. You know, and DBU is doing a phenomenal job um, at putting that in the forefront without apologizing. And that's really impressive and very much needed in our society um, all the way through. So we are very grateful for that with you guys. Um, if you could go back now 
and give your 18-year-old self some advice, what would you say to your 18-year-old self? Oh, my goodness. Um, A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then I'd tell myself to keep it simple, stupid. Uh, (laughs) I took statistics. uh, There was an acronym, K-I-S-S, to keep it simple, stupid. I think we overcomplicate things too much. I think we take ourselves seriously too often. I tell folks, you know, take your work seriously, but don't take yourself so seriously. Um, I, I would, I would honestly go back and and I would tell myself to just really enjoy the journey that you're in. I mean, I had adults tell me that, uh, when I was younger, but, uh, there were such rich moments, uh, in those, uh, the, the times of going to college, working on graduate degrees, getting some incredible experiences, um, um, you know, working and doing a variety of, of different things. And I think the, the society that we're in often tells us, you know, to climb the ladder, get caught up in the rat race. Um, and, and there's so much joy that one can find in learning and just in enjoying the journey that you're in. I, I honestly would, I would tell myself to go back and spend more time in God's word. I mean, I think I, I uh, I, I really, you know, believe in the Bible and believe there are incredible truths in there. Uh, it's a it's a great recipe for life and living and hap- like fulfillment. And and I think about the the challenges that we've more recently have gone through in the world in which we live today. And I'm I'm reminded I can now go back and say, you know, Deuteronomy 33, 25 reminds us that, you know, our strength will be equal to the number of days that we have. So if if you're up today, if you're driving right now and you got out of bed today and you've got breath in those lungs, it means that that God's given you enough strength to to face what you need to face today. I I'm reminded that the eyes of the Lord in Second Chronicles 16, 9, I believe, range to and fro the entire earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are committed to him. So these passages of strength have helped me find the strength that I need every day to to do it to do an impossible job. And I think all of us have impossible jobs before. So it doesn't matter if you're a university president or mom trying to hold down the fort at home, working two jobs and whatever it is. I mean, we live in an impossible inflection season of of life that's calling for the kind of leaders that know where to draw their strength from and and for me as a as a Christian I draw my strength from God's word and and developing a relationship with the Lord so I would go back and tell myself do that more do that more you know several years ago probably 5 6 maybe even 7 8 years ago now these billboards started popping up around town black billboards white lettering signed by God. Like everybody kind of went like, it was kind of like, what is happening? But there were so many conversations that centered around those billboards jumping up. And one of them was, have you read my book lately? Right? God. Like, so there's this book, as you're talking, the Bible has been around 2000 years, right? It rings true almost over and over and over. Yes, there's variations of it, but the the basis of it is still intact. What else have we known that has survived 2,000 years? Civilizations haven't survived 2,000 years. So there is so much truth to what you are saying. It is this book that I can honestly say I haven't read all of it. It's a bit lengthy, but 
It is something that I strive to do on a regular daily basis because even if it is one passage, it's interesting how one passage seems to have so much impact in that moment, on that day, the minute I read it. So you you, you sit back and you go, oh, that was meant for me today, right? So you're you're absolutely right when you say there is this book, right? Yeah. That we probably should spend so much time with. I always uh, challenge students to to go back to original sources when they're doing their academic work. There's, you know, uh, uh, academic language we call like primary, secondary, and tertiary sources. And so many of the the material we read today are tertiary sources that actually have their uh, their their grounding in primary texts that nobody really sees or realizes. I mean, I think, for instance, uh, you know, Stephen Covey wrote this great book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Fabulous book. One, Everybody should read it. One uh, uh, habit where he says, uh, seek first to understand before being understood. Well, if we go back to the scripture, you know, there's actually wisdom that Solomon speaks about. You know, this fact that we've been given two ears, one mouth to be slow to speak and quick to listen. I mean, there there are these principles that are just worth living by that are rooted in Scripture. And we miss out on going to a primary source and, and picking up that really meaty stuff uh, and seeking its application in our own lives. It could be really helpful regardless of what season of life, what vocational context we're in. You know, I had somebody recently, I asked the question, what is it that you really want, mm-hmm. right? You know, because there are these things that you know deep down, and it's been interesting. I've asked this question on a couple of different occasions, and to be appreciated, to be loved, and to be understood, right? So when you look at those three Really what you can interpret out of that is somebody just wants to be happy. And when I broke down the word happiness um, recently, it's a happening, right? So it's a single occurrence of a happening. So that made me start rethinking this love appreciated, right? And and understood to more of what they're looking for is joy. Where do you find joy? right? No one's going to make you happy. No one's going to bring you joy. That's something that comes from within. But I think you've hit it when you start talking about servant leadership and reading scripture and understanding who they are, because there's so many people, this is something you guys teach, right? Is that servant leadership, know who you are, be authentic to who you are. Um, so many people roaming this earth right now, they're doing it mindlessly and they get up in the morning with no direction. And then they're seeking this happiness that they're not finding because there's such a big piece missing, which is where you come from. Right. Uh-huh. And so, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, joy is so much deeper than happiness um, because it's not contingent upon what necessarily happens to you it's 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 deeper than that and you know for me again the scripture teaches me you know i look to the mountains for where my help comes from it comes from the lord uh, our help our hope our joy comes from the Lord. And I'm, I'm reminded in Philippians, and I, I don't want to put your readers to sleep, but uh, where Paul reminds us to think on things that are right, excellent, praiseworthy, noble, 
he instructs us that this is an active process on thinking on these things. And what happens when we do is that leads us to a peace of Christ, which transcends all understanding, which will guard our hearts and our minds. And so I, I really believe there's an acting warring with our mind every day. I mean, I, I know if if your, your listeners or anything like me, um, there is a warring for our attention. There is uh, an attempt to distract us from meaningful things that, that really give us joy or give us purpose in life. I, I'm reminded in Jeremiah 29, 11, that, uh, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. That's our theme verse at DBU. And so anyone listening to this today, tonight, this morning, whatever the time is, um, you need to know that there's an incredible purpose for your life, that that there is meaning that you're contributing in the world in which you live. And it's not for us, not for ourselves. It's for something beyond, beyond us that we're It's serving. bigger than us. Yeah. It's way bigger than us. You know, you talk about this war, um, the war for our attention. Think about the media, right? So the media, um, it, it's so noisy out there. You you almost can't break through the clutter to even think um, if you haven't taken the time to kind of sit back and um, know that that war is going on, the spiritual war that's going on for your soul on top of all of that, right? Um, it, it becomes, it, it doesn't surprise me, right, that people are so unhappy. Um, they, they're wandering aimlessly um, the devil is out being unmerciful. He's just a monster and a half, right? And he's got an agenda and you're part of that agenda. And if you don't even know you're part of that agenda, it's so easy for him to just take you and wreak havoc on your life. So for all of our listeners today, you know, if you are finding that, that it kind of feels that way, I'm not telling you go read this book that's 2000 years old. I'm not, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, you know, maybe sit back and ask why, why is that happening? And why? Because I promise you, it's not because God wants all this done to you, as you said, right? He has bigger plans for you. There's a reason why the uh, study of mindfulness has grown so much over the last few years. Uh, there's a reason why if you're wearing an Apple watch, uh, you're reminded to take time and take a breath and just focus on breathing. And cause that gets you to stop and recenter refocus. Um, and we all believe in something. I mean, every one of us believes in something, someone, something, um, I'm reminded, and again, not to get too philosophical, but Augustine, who's a great philosopher that's written and contributed a lot uh, over the years, long gone now, but he he uh, basically said, faith and precedes one's uh, understanding. It conditions one's understanding in the world in which we live. So, um, uh, you know, because of that, you know, what we believe is going to shape the world that's around us and and help you know be a lens or a filter for which how we how we see the world um and so i think we sometimes we got to slow down long enough to ask the question what is it that we believe what do we believe um you know what should we be believing why believe i'm not saying just accept christianity at face value um there's nothing wrong with asking the big questions of life. Philosophers have been doing it for thousands of years. We've just gotten so busy with life and commitments um, that we've not stopped long enough to ask the larger questions, the bigger questions of life that help make 
make meaning out of life. Socrates said the unexamined life is not worth living. So there was a reason why all these great philosophers that we read about in ancient history were obsessed with this idea of knowing thyself um, and asking the bigger, larger questions of life. I think people are afraid to ask the questions because they don't know the answer. Hmm. But that's okay too, right? You're maybe not supposed to know the answer. Maybe it's supposed to ask the question to figure out the answer. So I think sometimes, you know, I've had that say, well, I just don't know the answer. I'm like, but it's okay to ask the questions. So one last question for you, Dr. Wright. What three people have been the most influential in your life? And what would you love to say to them that you haven't already, or maybe have never had the opportunity to say to them? Hmm. Oh my goodness. There have been so many, uh, Tamara. Um, you know, I, I mean, obviously my parents, um, you know, so I may, I may lump them into, uh, to one category. Um, so I'd say, uh, my parents, uh, you know, my pastor, uh, who at the time, uh, during my formative years really helped, uh, shape my thinking, uh, who I am today, who actually was pastor, professor, um, and, uh, officiated our wedding ceremony. So that's, uh, Dr. Jim Dennison. I think, you know, I do know Dr. Dennison. He's been an, an incredible mentor figure in my life. Um, and then really my predecessor, Dr. Gary Cook, who's uh, chancellor here was president here for, uh, 28 years. I mean, those three individuals, uh, I would not be who I am today uh, without them. They they know that. They know my deep love and appreciation for them. I I, I kind of often tell people there's a, the story about the turtle on a fence post, and we all wonder how the turtle on the fence post got there. Well, that turtle on that fence post uh, didn't climb its way up on top of that fence post. Someone had to set it there. And and so there have been extraordinary people like these three and others. And these are three just came to my mind immediately uh, that that they've been in my balcony. Uh, they've been cheering me on. They have been reinforcing their love for me, but also um, the, the the importance it is for me to to hug the cross, cling to the cross daily. Um, to, to as one of my mentors said, keep my feet in the field, my hands on the plow, and my eyes on the cross. And um, I, I just, we all would not be who we are today without someone else, without the power of influence in our life from someone else. And that's just the great gift of relationship that uh, we have in life is relationship with others, the opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord. And so I just am so grateful for those uh, those people and just the love that they've shown me and the investment that they've made in my life. You know, that that is really the perfect place for us to kind of call it on this. You know, you're right. Nobody gets through this life alone. And so for those that are trying, you just don't have to. You know, there are people that will always be in your corner and there will be people that will be cheering you on. Um, I know you probably are been some influence to probably thousands of students at some point throughout your career and your journey that has been here. So I can almost guess if I had to ask probably any, a couple of those students out on campus, they would probably name Dr. Wright as somebody who'd been most influential in their life too. So I want to thank you so much. I know how busy you are, and I am so grateful that you took this quick 30, 35 minutes with me today so that we can 
let the world know, you know, who you are and what you've got going now, going on down there at DBU. And I know TCU and DBU play tonight. So I'm just going to kind of leave it at that and hope both teams win. We'll just call it a tie. Yes. <laughs> so tonight. So again, guys, thank you so much, um, Dr. Wright. This is the Everything Is Up podcast with Tamara Hollerick and Dr. Adam Wright from DBU. Please make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share the podcast. Dr. Wright, thank you again. Have a fabulous day. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Everything Is Up. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. And remember, everything is up.